Oh, hey. Welcome to Sifted HQ, episode 23. Don't mind me, just getting a little bit of revenge. I don't know about you guys, but uh, we've been playing Grounded, and uh, it's given me a new perspective on insects. Um, and so I'm acting upon that right now. So without further ado, let's roll it. Obsidian has been hard at work since being acquired by Microsoft. It released The Outer Worlds late last year, and new DLC is coming soon. It's also recently released Grounded, a first-person survival game where you're the size of an ant trying to survive your own backyard. The setup may seem familiar, but playing the game is definitely not. So we've created this survival guide so that you'll be fully sized in no time. The first thing you should do, and continue to do throughout the game, is to scan everything humanly possible. Scanning resources earn you new craftable items. Building materials, weapons, armor, and healing are all part of the system, and integral to survival. Though there's a location-specific cooldown timer that must be adhered to, use that time to visit another location and keep on scanning. The game's inventory capacity is extremely generous, so pick up everything. We used every single resource in the game extensively, so there are no throwaways. About 4 hours in, your inventory will start to get tight. This is when you'll want to craft extra items that you use constantly, like axes and spears. Also, food eventually expires, so clear that out of your inventory first. Once you've collected enough resources and scanned enough items, it's time to build your camp. This is extremely important because the basic sleeping tent leaves you vulnerable to attacks in the morning. Make sure you're strategic, and place it away from the strongest enemies like spiders, but close to all the resources you'll need. Building the camp also unlocks the workbench for crafting, and a fire pit for cooking. Also, don't take your time building it. If you do, ants will show up, and ruin the party. The survival elements are really the crux of the game, so you need to maintain both your food and water levels at all times. Always have mushrooms on hand. They're easy to find, and will get you by until you can cook again. To stay hydrated, we recommend drinking only fresh water or juice from the local juice box. It's easy to get lazy and drink dirty water, but it does not raise your water level much. It also makes you hungry. If there's no deposit of fresh water on the ground, look in the grass. There should be one. If you can't reach it, hit the grass and it'll fall to the ground. That was refreshing. Most enemies don't want to eat you unless you give them a reason to, so only engage when you're ready. Ants may seem like easy prey, but they run in packs, so make sure you can handle two or three at a time before picking a fight. Blocking is extremely important, because it nullifies all damage. Make sure you master it. The parry is almost impossible to pull off when fighting more than one enemy, so we haven't used it much. But if you do get in a scrap with an overpowered enemy, do not hesitate to run away. And better yet, get to higher ground so you have some time to plan. If you die, your hard-earned resources are not lost forever. Return to the spot that you died, and you'll find your backpack full of stuff. It won't disappear, even if you die trying to retrieve it. Though Grounded isn't the most challenging game, like most survival games before it, it does have its moments. Using these tips, you'll be the king of your own backyard once again. If you have any of your own tips, be sure to leave them in the comments. <laughs> It's that time again. Time for the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending August 4th, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and this is The Big Six. These days, consoles play pretty much 
all games. Shouldn't all controllers work too? That will not be the case with the PlayStation 5. Sony announced this week that if you want to play PlayStation 5 games, you're going to need a PlayStation 5 DualSense controller. The DualShock 4 will only work on PlayStation 4 games played on the system. Unfortunately, the new functionality of the DualSense makes perfect integration almost impossible, but most players are okay with losing adaptive triggers if it means not having to buy an extra controller. In other news, Sony's next state of play is Thursday, August 6th, but it's already said that it will focus on PlayStation VR and PlayStation 4. Players still miss the NFL 2K franchise, so when Take-Two announced that it was working on a brand new NFL game, players got really excited. EA still holds the exclusive license to simulation-style NFL games, so 2K's game will have to be something else. We got a little more clarity this week when the publisher announced that its game will include the real names and likenesses of 2,000 NFL players. So it's going to be authentic, but what could it be? Our money is on a stat-heavy management sim for mobile or an NFL Blitz-style arcade game. Last week, we mentioned the free games for PlayStation Plus for August, and it's only fair that this week we share all the freebies on Xbox Live. Unlike with PlayStation Plus, you're still getting more than two games per month on Xbox. On Xbox One, you get Portal Knights and Override Mech City Brawl. MX Unleashed and Red Faction 2 round out the freebies on Xbox 360. Konami went from industry juggernaut to doormat in the span of five years, and now it's teasing fans. The Japanese publisher launched a brand new Twitter account for Silent Hill this week, and fans jumped out of their skins. Perhaps recognizing its own current standing in the industry, it instructed them to slow their roll. Pachinko machines need Twitter handles too! Marvel's Avengers has had a rocky development cycle, but it seems like the more we see of it, the more enticing it becomes. The game was blown out this week by Crystal Dynamics, and the big takeaways are that there's a beta happening this month for those who pre-order, Hawkeye will be the first DLC character after launch, and Spider-Man will be a PlayStation exclusive character in 2021. As you might have guessed, people are already pissed off about that last part. Speaking of pissed off people, Talk to a Halo fan right now. After the debut of Halo Infinite, they were fuming. Perhaps sensing danger, 343 Industries announced this week that for the first time in franchise history, the multiplayer modes in Halo Infinite will be free to play for everyone. Other leaks have suggested that there will be a battle pass, but 343 has also announced that there will be no paid loot boxes. It's a seismic shift for the franchise. But those graphics... All right, that's it for the big six, the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending August 4th, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and I'll be back next week. Turned Up Tuesdays, the only show delivering the best games, albums, movies, and TV show releases for the week. Let's dive in. There aren't any blockbuster games releasing this week, but one of them is shaping up to possibly be a cult hit. Battle Royale games usually involve bullets and grenades, but not Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. It's a racing game for up to 60 players where you must survive round after round until you're the last pedestrian standing. It's strange, wacky, and unpredictable due to its physics-based challenges. Screw social distancing when it's released today on PC and PS4. The beta has been immensely popular, and if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you can download it for free. Portal is one of the best puzzle games ever made, but there haven't been many copycats. 
That changes with Relicta. This sci-fi first-person adventure takes things a little more seriously, but its devilish puzzles driven by magnetic properties will bring back some pleasant memories. Unravel a mystery with magnets today on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and even Stadia. If you're held up with your parents, they may be going crazy by now. You may want to check on them right before putting on the new Deep Purple album, Woosh. Yes, we just said Deep Purple. The band that wrote the hit Smoke on the Water 48 years ago, believe it or not, they've never really stopped. Their 21st studio album releases on Friday, and it sounds like it was recovered from a 1968 time capsule. Put it on, leave the room, and let mom and dad bliss out for a bit. This year seems to have fostered a major resurgence of metal, both the genre and with several bands. Another has returned as Misery Signals releases its first album in seven years, Ultraviolet. This group's take on the genre is to lull you into complacency before blasting your face with noise. The up and down meter of their music will make some impactful moments when it releases on Friday. Last, and most certainly not least, is the new album from Washed Out. Our pick of the week comes from one of our favorite downbeat groups that's been described as synth pop, chill wave, or lo-fi. Whatever you want to call it, we love this band's lazy, hazy, electronic songs. They're perfect for background music while working from home or just unwinding from a long day. Purple Noon from Washed Out is available on Friday. Streaming services are on a desperate spending spree, while animated shows continue unimpeded. An American Pickle was planned for a theatrical release, but was ultimately scooped up by HBO Max instead. This comedy starring Seth Rogen has a plot so convoluted that it's hard to even put into words. Seth has been away from the game for a while, and this film looks like it might test his dynamic range. See for yourself when it releases on Thursday. After the success of Star Trek Discovery and Picard, CBS All Access is going full Trekkie. The next show based off the sci-fi IP launches on Thursday called Star Trek Lower Decks. It's an animated show written by one of the minds behind Rick and Morty. Instead of focusing on the bridge, this one goes below deck to examine the lives of the rank and file employees that make the ship run. Its first season is 10 episodes long, so it's no short voyage. Game streaming service Google Stadia has been an internet punching bag since its initial launch last November. Missing features, an expensive barrier to entry, and a lack of enticing exclusive games have overshadowed the typical complaints about streaming services like data usage and input lag. Regardless, Google has been chugging along, it's made a ton of changes in the past half year, and Service Call is here to see if they're paying off. There's something different about these new rifts. Stadia currently exists as two primary options. The base tier lets you choose from over 60 games in the Stadia store and stream them at 1080p. Nine of the games are exclusives, so about 15% of the library. Stadia Pro is a subscription service that gives you a library of games for free that you can stream at up to 4K if the game supports it. When we started our subscription, we instantly received 19 games, including four of the exclusives. You aren't able to choose the games yourself. When Stadia originally launched, you could only get access to the service by buying the Founders Pack, which included a controller, Chromecast, and three months of Stadia Pro for an intimidating $130. A 
variant of that package is still available called the Premier Pack. For $100, you get the controller and Chromecast Ultra. The big change is that you can now sign up directly for Stadia Pro and get a free month before starting the monthly $10 subscription. That monthly rate hasn't changed since launch, but the upfront cost is gone and the instant game library is a lot larger now. Also, unlike with Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation Plus, additions usually remain free for longer than a month. If you prefer to just buy a game outright, the prices are at full MSRP. Even older games aren't discounted. Sales are rare. When they do happen, prices never go as low as other storefronts. You do get $10 off your first purchase, which is nice if you're getting the service specifically to play an exclusive. However, paying for games on Stadia is generally limited, expensive, and comes with the risk of the service shutting down. Simply impossible. The biggest change to Stadia since launch is its library, but the exclusives are severely lacking. When Orcs Must Die 3 is a flagship release, the bar is pretty low. It's essentially a collection of indie games that are timed Stadia exclusives, but will eventually be released for other platforms. As far as the service itself, we haven't encountered many problems. The lag is slightly noticeable if we're looking for it, but even when compared to playing games locally, it's hard to notice a difference. One exception is the fighting game Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. It's actually far more responsive than we expected for the genre on a streaming service, but some moves that require precise timing are almost impossible. We've seen very few stutters in our time using Stadia unless we were doing something else bandwidth heavy in the background. It's definitely more likely to happen playing online games like Destiny 2. For the record, we are using a desktop with a wired internet connection and no data cap. While you can play on mobile either directly on a device or via Chromecast, it just increases the odds of having latency issues. Despite its rough start, Stadia has firmly established itself as a fifth platform. Its logo often appears in trailers for massive games alongside the big four. So it's won the perception war somehow. Stadia has quietly been improving since its underwhelming launch, though most of those improvements come from the large number of game giveaways through Stadia Pro. The messaging and plans have been confusing. The fundamental challenges of streaming video games haven't magically disappeared with a tap of Google server farms, but most of all, it's the lack of compelling exclusives that makes Stadia a tough sell. Stadia is also starting to get some real competition. Nvidia's GeForce Now doesn't lock your purchase to a single service, so buying games makes more sense. Microsoft's xCloud will have a much bigger and better library when it launches in September. Still, if you can afford the data, it's worth trying the free month of Stadia to see if it works for you, if only to spend 30 days playing all the exclusives. They did not pass. We're seeing a major hangover with game announcements now that most of the E3 replacement events are over, which has driven us to an all-VR episode of Noobs. Half-Life Alex has established that shooters can play as well as they look in VR, and the next logical step is getting competitive. Frostpoint VR Proving Grounds is doing just that. It's a multiplayer-driven shooter for Rift and Vive with a twist. As two teams of ten face off, an ever-present biomechanical threat is always looming. A free open beta is planned for September, with a full release scheduled for sometime in 2020. The thought of a Spider-Man game in VR turns our stomachs, but until Sony gets off its butt, you Peter grad will have to do. This first-person platformer is all about traversing a diesel-punk world with two grapple hooks and boosters. It's not as fast as Spidey, which is probably a good thing. The developers also claim that eliminating motion sickness has been a big focus. 
become the King of Swing on Oculus Rift and Vive this fall. Galaxy's Edge is the name of the Star Wars park at Disneyland and Disney World, but what's the story with the VR game with nearly the same title? Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge is made by the same team that handled Vader Immortal and takes place between episodes 8 and 9. It's an action-adventure experience, which means it's likely light on interaction, but if it builds upon the atmosphere of the real thing, we'll fire up our Oculus Rift at the end of 2020. Alright, that's it for Sifted HQ, episode 23 here on Sifted Games. Um, I'm about to get hit with a baseball. Oh, right here it comes. <laughs> no one's even coming to get it. Oh, here comes the outfielder. <laughs> anyway, oh. Anyway, <laughs> that's Sifted HQ, episode 23. Uh, big thanks to Vincent for jumping in and giving a segment to this week's show. I think you'll be seeing some uh, more stuff from him going forward in HQ. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.